on what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. What is up, guys? How are we doing today? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. Welcome to Taking the Snap. Holy moly, do we have a lot to talk about this week once again. Coming up, we'll gr- we're going to recap week seven, make predictions for week eight, go over the power rankings, and more only on UCM, the beat. So let's talk about how I did in predictions last week. I actually did fairly well. I mean, when you only get like three wrong, that's pretty good record, I'd say. So let's recap week seven for just a little bit. For those of you who don't remember me talking about this last week, the Cardinals beat the Saints in the most exciting Thursday night football game match of the season. The final score ended up being 42-34. to And I'm just going to be honest, the Thursday night matchups up to this point have been fairly embarrassing. Aside from that Chiefs and the Chargers, that one was pretty close. But this one was way more exciting, way more offense. Now, here's the thing that killed the Saints last week. Was throwing pick sixes on back-to-back drives. When you have three turnovers in a game, most likely you're not going to win. The Bengals defeated the Falcons 35-17. to There were multiple things that killed the Falcons. The first thing was was getting 13 first downs, which is absolutely pathetic. They also averaged, get this, less than five yards a play. All right, that's not going to win you games. Your defense also giving up 35 points to a team that has not been consistent all year is pretty bad. The Cowboys beat the Lions 24-6, which I did not expect, especially with the Lions. How their offense has been this season. They've been so consistent. And then you just stop against the Cowboys' defense? How do you do that? Now, the thing that killed the Lions was definitely turnovers. Get this. They turned the ball over five times, all right? Three fumbles and two interceptions. The Titans beat the Colts 19-10. Now what really killed the Colts was going 4-for-13 four four, four on third down. Alright. That's not going to win you games either. The Commanders beat the Packers 23-21. The Packers went 0-for-6 on third down. They also got nine penalties for almost 70 yards. And penalties, folks, they kill momentum completely. Now, here's the real shocker of the week. The Packers beat the Bucs 21-3. Man, it's a good thing it wasn't 28-3. Once again, the Bucs struggled on third down as they went 2-for-12 on third down. Red zone efficiency also killed them. 0 for 1 in the red zone. Which is absolutely pathetic. The Giants beat the Jaguars 23-17. What killed the Jags is no shocker. When you get 13 penalties for 81 yards, odds are you're going to lose the game. The Ravens beat the Browns 23-20. No surprise there because the Browns have not proved anything this season other than the fact that their defense is still horrible. What killed the Browns is once again no surprise to anyone. Third down efficiency as they were 2-for-11 on third down. The Jets beat the Broncos 16-9. Looking at the stats for this game, the Broncos really should have won. 
But when you only rush for 105 yards on 29 attempts, that's going to kill you any time. The Raiders beat the Texans 38-20. No surprise there. What killed the Texans was going one for three in the red zone, all right? When you're only 33% in the red zone, you have to score touchdowns. You cannot score field goals, all right? Okay, good. We're on the same page. The Seahawks beat the Chargers 27, excuse me, 37 to 23. What really killed the Chargers was rush defense as they allowed, get this, a total of 213 rushing yards on 34 attempts. No, that's not going to win you games any time of the year. That's actually going to cost you a game. The Chiefs beat the 49ers 44-23. to This is the third time this year that the Chiefs have put up 20, 40, 40 points or more. Now, what really killed the 49ers was many things. First was three turnovers. Their defense didn't help either as they gave up 44 points. And finally... Going two for five in the red zone is not going to win the game. Because here's the thing, guys. You need touchdowns to win against the Chiefs. You cannot get field goals to beat the Chiefs, all right? The Steelers beat the Dolphins 16-10. to Now, what really killed the Steelers was turning the ball over three times, each of those being interceptions. And finally, last but not least, Monday Night Football... The Bears beat the Patriots 33-14. Now, what really killed the Patriots was four turnovers, including three interceptions and one fumble. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Coming up next, we'll talk about how the Chiefs are doing so far this season and where they will end up. That's all coming up next. You're listening to Taking the Snap on UCM, The Beat. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. So, you know, I'm a dog, and I'm kind of new to this family, but I've noticed a trend. My humans do this thing where they go around and get all my toys and hide them in this basket, but it's always the same basket, and it's always the same place, and then they act so surprised when I find them, but I'm like, hello, that's where you put it last time. Humans are the worst at hide-and-go-seek. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, Good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. All 
Alright guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's take a look at how the Chiefs are doing so far this season. As they head into the bye week, their record is 5-2, first place in the AFC West. No surprise there. The number one offense in the NFL, also no surprise there. Because with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who finally showed some life last last week against the 49ers. Miko Hardman, who scored three touchdowns last week. In fact, he's the first player ever in the Super Bowl era to have one receiving touchdown and two rushing touchdowns in the same game. Wow, great job, McCall. The Chiefs' defense... Up and down, I'd say. Up and down, it has its moments where they dominate. And then other times they're like, nah, we'll just take the break. It's fine. Now, the special teams is what I really want to spend time talking about. Because special teams so far this season has not done well. They've been super inconsistent. Harrison Butker has missed multiple extra points, multiple field goals. Now, to be fair, the rest of the kicking unit has as well. Between Matt Amendola and Matthew Wright. Yeah, they've had, get this, three kickers so far this season. None of them have been consistent. Another issue that I think they need to address is punt return. Who's going to return their punts and not fumble? Because for the second time this season, Sky Moore muffed a punt where he basically reached his hands out and said, Okay, I'll get it. Well, guess what? You completely missed it. Like, how do you miss a punt? That goes, it goes, it, it went right through his hands. Last night, Thursday Night Football was another doozy as the the Ravens ended up beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-22 in Tampa Bay, giving Tom Brady his first three-game losing streak since 2002, and he's now two games under 500 for the first time in his entire NFL career. So let's look at what went down last night in Tampa Bay. First quarter, Bucks had the lead at the end of the first quarter, 10 to 3. You think, all right, Tom Brady's going to win once again on prime time. But in the second half, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens said, Nuts in my house. Third quarter, Kenyon Drake, five-yard touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson. Justin Tucker made the extra point. Isaiah Likely, another wide receiver rookie, caught a 10-yard pass from Lamar Jackson. Justin Tucker, once again, Mr. Automatic, added the extra point, giving the Ravens a 17-10 lead at the end of three. Fourth quarter, was a little bit more interesting, I'd say. Ryan Suckup made a 30-yard field goal, giving the Ravens a 17-13 lead now. And you think, all right, Tom Brady's only down by four. He's come back multiple times in his career. But Devin DuVernay says, no, 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 no. As he runs it in from 15 yards out, Justin Tucker once again, Mr. Automatic, best kicker in the NFL, adds the extra point, 24-13 Ravens. Then Ryan Suckup with 4.54 left in the game, adds a field goal for the Bucks, putting them ahead 24-16. Justin Tucker nails a 30-yard field goal with 2 minutes and 12 seconds. All right, 2 minutes and 12 seconds is too much time for Tom Brady, right? Well, he kept the ball for 1 minute and 13 seconds. And Julio Jones caught an 8-yard touchdown pass from Tom Brady only 
leaving them down by five. But it was not meant to be too bad. What killed the Bucks last night once again was third down efficiency, going four for 13 on third down. That's horrible, all right? They were also, get this, two for five in the red zone, 40% on red zone possessions, which is not going to win you games once again. All right, guys, we're going to take another quick break. Coming up, I'll talk about the power rankings according to experts on ESPN. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Taking the Snap exclusively on UCM The Beat. It's important to buckle up your kids. I know. Sometimes car seats can be complicated. I know. And if your child's in the wrong seat and you get into a crash. I know. It could lead to a serious injury. I know. So you're 100% sure you have the right car seat for your child's age and size? I don't know. Don't think you know. Know you know. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Make sure you have the right car seat. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. Alright guys, welcome back to Taking the Snap. Let's go over the power rankings this week, which I think are a little bit more controversial than last week, but hey, that's just my opinion. Number one is the Buffalo Bills. They didn't go anywhere, no surprise there. They have an easy matchup this week coming up against the Green Bay Packers, which we'll talk about later on in the show. Number two is the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I just realized this. Both the one and the two teams are coming off of a bye week, so that could actually be of some help to them, honestly. Number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I agree with one through three, mostly because look at who they've played. The Chiefs have the toughest schedule in the NFL, the Eagles, so far, have had the easiest schedule, and they have another easy matchup this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. At number four, we got the New York Giants. All right. Yeah, with them being 6-1 and one and the Eagles being 6-0, and oh, the NFC East is not looking at all like I thought it would, honestly. I'm pretty impressed. At number five is the Minnesota Vikings, who I did not expect to be leading the division after eight weeks. I mean, come on. I would have expected the Green Bay Packers to be up there, but no, no, no. They're just blowing it so far this year. I don't know what's going on, honestly. At number six, we got the Dallas Cowboys. 
Okay, you had an easy game against against the Detroit Lions last week. Only gave up two field goals. That's not really something to smile about, honestly. And number seven is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, yeah, with how they played last night and plus the way that they played against the Browns last week. Now, they barely held on. I got to admit, they barely held on. But they somehow did it. At number eight, we got the New York Jets. Fun fact, guys, all three New York teams are in the top ten in power rankings. You got Buffalo, number one, New York Giants, number four, and the Jets, number eight. I don't know what's going on with the New York football teams this year, but they seem to be dominating. I mean, 15 wins between the two of them is pretty good. At number nine, the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, they deserve to be a little bit lower than that because... They had a pretty easy matchup last week. You beat the Falcons. What do you want? A gold medal? A gold star? What do you want? You gave up 17 points to possibly the worst team in the NFL. Also the most inconsistent team in the NFL. And number 10, the Miami Dolphins. No. With how their offense looked last week against a pathetic Steelers defense, they don't deserve to be there. No. At number 11, the Tennessee Titans. Eh. I mean, it's all right. But Ryan Tannehill has to do better. Derrick Henry's been slumping a little bit this season. And they just beat an inconsistent Colts team. Which is not very impressive. Number 12, the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, they're coming off a bye, but their offensive line has shown no life whatsoever this season. They're still banged up. Their offense is inconsistent as ever. Their defense is giving up more points than they have in previous seasons. Number 13, the Seattle Seahawks. With the way their offense played last week against the Chargers, I agree with this. At number 14, we have the San Francisco 49ers. Drop them, drop them, drop them, drop them, drop them. I'd drop them below. I'd put them below the Patriots, to be honest. Because here's the thing. The 49ers' defense was supposedly the number one defense in the NFL, and they proceeded to not only lose pretty badly last week to the Chiefs, which, I mean, I guess that's no shocker because the Chiefs are absolutely incredible. But you were supposed to have the number one defense. What happened? I mean, to be fair, you played horrible against the Atlanta Falcons. At number 15, we get the Los Angeles Chargers. Their defense did not play well at all against the Seahawks, giving up 37 points and, as I said earlier, 213 yards. All right? That's just horrible. I mean, I there's nothing else to say about that. Number 16, the Green Bay Packers. No. They need to be way lower than number 16. Because get this, folks. They've lost three straight games, all right? Their first loss was against the New York Giants in London. Okay, no surprise there because the Giants have been doing so well this year. Their second straight loss was against the other New York team, the New York Jets. Okay, now that was just pathetic. How do you lose to the Jets? I mean, come on. And finally, last week, I was very, very, very shocked about this. 
You lost to the Washington Commanders. How do you do that? Number 17, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, 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 Stop right there. The Bucs do not belong at number 17. Not with the way that Tom Brady has been playing this year. We'll get to Tom Brady here in just a little bit. And number 18, the New England Patriots. Not with the way they played last week against the Bears of all teams. I mean, come on. You give up 33 points to the Bears, who have sucked pretty much all season. And number 19, the Atlanta Falcons. Nope. Nope, 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 no, nope, no. Nope. I don't agree with that at all. And here's the reason why. It's because of their defense, all right? They have so many questions on defense, it's not even funny. I mean, they gave up 35 points to the Bengals last week who have not been consistent at all this season. They've... Anyway, at number 20, we get the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, boy. I don't really agree with this at all, but their offense did play well last week against the Saints as they scored 42 points against the pretty good Saints defense. Number 21, the Washington Commanders. Listen, just because you beat the Packers does not mean you belong in the top 25, okay? No, I don't agree with this. Number 22, Indianapolis Colts. Nope, they deserve to be lower. They've been so inconsistent this year, it's not even funny. Once again, another inconsistent team. They just benched their number one quarterback in Matt Ryan, which I agree with because, let's be honest, guys, he's not done well this year. He's completely sucked. He's been inconsistent. And number 23 is the Las Vegas Raiders. Eh. I mean, you beat the Texans last week. You won a gold medal again because the Texans are horrible, all right? Number 24 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eh. I mean, their offense has been consistent somewhat this year. Trevor Lawrence has been doing a lot better. He's improved from last season. But the defense, man, the defense just is awful. At number 25, we got the Cleveland Browns. Meh. The Cleveland Browns, with their defense, they need to be they need to be below the Broncos at this point. Number 26 is the New Orleans Saints. Yet with the way their offense has played this year, Andy Dalton has not been a very good backup quarterback to Jameis Winston, who is still dealing with that back injury. The defense has been inconsistent. Anyway, at number 27, you got the Denver Broncos. No, their offense has not shown any life whatsoever this year. Their defense has been inconsistent. They lost to the Jets at home. You don't deserve to be in the top 30 if you lose to the Jets, to be honest. At number 28, we got the Chicago Bears. Nah. I mean, with the way their offense played against the Patriots last week, it was pretty impressive. And their defense did well, only allowing 14 points to a team that has been pretty inconsistent all year on offense. Defense ever since Tom Brady left has been way down. Offense has been way down ever since Brady left. At number 29, the Pittsburgh Steelers. No. 
Well, yeah, I I agree with the Steelers at number 29. Mainly because their defense has not shown any life so far this season, first of all. Second of all, they benched their starting quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, for a quarterback that they drafted in the NFL draft this year, who's Kenny Pickett, and then Kenny Pickett got injured and came back against the Dolphins and threw three interceptions. Now... At number 30, the Carolina Panthers, without CMC or Christian McCaffrey, yeah, they deserve to be down there. At number 31, the Detroit Lions, yep, they're right where they belong. They're off, their offense has been inconsistent this year. Their defense is inconsistent as ever. In fact, it's horrible. And finally, rounding out the power rankings at number 32, no surprise is the Houston Texans. We're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I'll make predictions for week eight. And I'll talk some more about Patrick Mahomes. You're listening to Taking the Snap exclusively on UCM The Beat. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy. And you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter. Yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Reba McIntyre, and I wanted to take a moment to talk to you about a serious problem right here in our own backyard. Did you know that there are nearly 16 million kids struggling with hunger in America? That's one out of every five precious children in this country who might not get to eat dinner tonight. But hope is just around the bend because there's enough healthy, nutritious food produced in this country to put a smile on the face of every last hungry kid. And that's when the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks steps into the picture. They collect surplus food, engaging their communities in solving hunger and giving hope to the hungry kids and their families. But they need your help. So join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank. Find out how you can help at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. 911, what is your emergency? My kid shot himself. Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. time in the making but it's finally here you see him the beat all right guys welcome back to taking the snap let's talk about week eight and make predictions holy moly are there so many laughing stock games this week it's not even funny First off, Thursday Night Football, we had the Bucks and the Ravens. I had the Ravens because, listen, Tom Brady is washed and old. He has not looked good to start the season whatsoever. I mean, when you were thrown under 10 touchdowns, that's pretty horrible so far. So far this year, he's thrown for 2,267 yards. Nine touchdowns and one interception, which nine touchdowns is tied for 10th in the NFL this year. Through eight games, that's just horrible, all right? Up next, in London, again, the third London game this year. We're going to have the Denver Broncos going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars in this one. 
Now, the reason I say that is because the Broncos have not proved anything to me this year other than Russell Wilson is the most overpaid quarterback. Their defense sucks. Their offense is pathetic. Russell Wilson got paid, get this, $250 million in the offseason to go to Denver. Nope. I'm sorry, but you don't belong there. Up next, we got the Dolphins going into Detroit to take on the Lions. I'm going to go with the Dolphins in this one because the Lions are bad on defense. Once again, I don't trust... I don't trust the Lions anymore this year. I picked them to win against the Cowboys last week. And they proved to me that they are not going to do anything this year. They're 1-5. Their defense is bad. Their offense is inconsistent. I mean, through the first six weeks of the season, they had the number one offense in the NFL. What happened? You just fell off a rope. Oh boy, here we go. The first laughing stock of the week. The Panthers going up against the Falcons. Ay, 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 ay. I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. The reason why I am doing this is for a couple of reasons. One, the Falcons have been pretty, pretty somewhat inconsistent this year. Yes. On the offensive side, they have been pretty consistent. Defensive side, they've been inconsistent. But with the Panthers being without Christian McCaffrey, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, DJ Moore, it just it just hurts you, to be honest. Up next, we got the Cardinals going into Minnesota to face the Vikings. I think I'm going to go with the Vikings in this one because the reason why is because the Cardinals' defense is still weak. Plus, the Vikings are at home, and they also have a more consistent offense. Justin Jefferson has been going off this year with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback once again. The Bears and the Cowboys up next. The Bears are going to go into Dallas to take on the Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Cowboys because their offense... They showed some life last week against the Detroit Lions, scoring 24 points. Now, there's nothing to be proud of because the Lions are, as I said, bad on defense this year. Micah Parsons is going to absolutely destroy Justin Fields because, well, here's the thing. Their defense is stronger than the entire offensive line of the Bears combined, all right? Moving on, we got the Steelers going into Philadelphia to face the Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles pretty easily in this one. Now, the reason I say that is because the Steelers' defense is still nothing. If it hadn't been for Tua coming back from injury last week, they would have gotten blown out. And the Eagles are a tough matchup. They're 6-0 this year, leading the NFC East. Which actually kind of shocks me, to be honest. I didn't expect them to do much at all beginning of the season. I didn't expect the NFC East to even be competitive. But they proved me wrong once again. Up next, we got the Raiders going into New Orleans to face the Saints. I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders in this one. They looked strong last week against the Texans. And the Saints didn't look very well on defense as they gave up 42 points to the Cardinals. Andy Dalton sucked last week. Now, while he did throw for four touchdowns, he also threw three interceptions Two of them being pick sixes on back-to-back -back drives to end the first half. When you throw back-to-back -back pick sixes, you're most likely terrible. Moving on, we got the Patriots and the Jets. I'm taking the Jets. Now, the main reason why is because the Patriots got blown out last time against a very pathetic Bears team, all right? When you get blown out by the Bears... 
That's embarrassing. I'd be embarrassed to be a New England Patriots fan if I was... If I was in Foxborough, I'd be pretty embarrassed, yeah. Moving on, we got the Titans going up against the Texans. I'm going to take the Titans in this one because I feel like Derrick Henry will run over the Texans' pathetic excuse of a defense. And the Texans are going to make Ryan Tannehill look like an MVP candidate, which he is not at all. Up next, we're going to have the Giants going into New York. Excuse me. Going into Seattle to face the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Giants in this one. Now, yes, the Seahawks are at home. But the fact is, the Giants have been more consistent this year. The Seahawks, they did beat the Chargers last week, I got to admit. Which was a pretty impressive Pretty impressive offensive performance. 37 points last week is nothing to be ashamed of. But I think, personally, I think that was just a fluke win. Up next, we're going to have the Commanders going into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Alright, here's the thing. I'm going to take the Commanders because they have proven that they can beat the Packers and the Colts. Have pretty much benched Matt Ryan for the rest of the season. Up next, we got the 49ers going into Los Angeles to take on the Rams. Oh boy, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. Well, actually, I changed my mind. I'm going with the 49ers because the Rams' offensive line still has not proved anything. Their offense is bad. Their defense has been inconsistent so far this year. Their offensive line is banged up. Special teams, I think he's been the best part of the Rams all season. Sunday night football, we're going to have the Packers going against the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I am going to go ahead and take the Buffalo Bills in this one. Because here's the thing. The Packers are weak. They lost to the Washington Commanders of all teams, which is pretty embarrassing if you ask me. Plus, the Bills are at home. They're 11 and a half point favorites, which, which is like three to, it's one touchdown, two safeties, and finally, rounding out the week of predictions, we're going to have the Cincinnati Bengals going up against the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to take... I'll go ahead and take the Cleveland Browns in this one. Now, I'll tell you why, alright? Just hear me out. Because the Bengals, while they showed some life last, last week against the, against the Falcons... Their number one wide receiver, Jamar Chase, injured his hip. He's going to be out for quite some time. He could possibly even go on the injured reserve list, which, for those of you who don't know, it's if the injury is so bad that they can't even play it. Let's take a look at the standings from last week and see if they improved. Moving first off with the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills in first place. The Jets in second place. The Dolphins in third place at 4-3. and three. And rounding it out, surprisingly, the New England Patriots at 3-4. and four. That really shocks me because I expected them to be at least somewhat competitive this, this year. But once again, they've disappointed me. Moving on to the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the lead at 5-2. The 3-1 on the road and 2-1 at home. 
They've scored... They've allowed 172 points this year, which is not something to be proud of. But hey, they've scored 223 points, which is pretty good. Second place with a 4-3 record is the Los Angeles Chargers. I expected them to do better than what they have done this season so far. But they've disappointed me. No surprise there. The Raiders are 2-4 and four in third place. Third place in the AFC West is not that bad. Considering how competitive the division is this year, I think it's right where they belong. And in last place, no surprise, the Denver Broncos at 2-5. and five. They've only scored, get this, 100 points. They're 0-3 on the road, 2-2 two two at home, and they've lost four in a row. All right. They've given up 115 points, which is the least in the division, but they've also scored the least amount of points in the division at 100 exactly. Moving on to the AFC North. The Ravens are in first place at 5-3 after last night's Sunday night win. Excuse me, Thursday night win. No surprise there. I mean, the Ravens, they're one of those teams that can score like 50 points week one and then not do anything the rest of the year on offense. Their defense is pretty inconsistent, I'd say, but I mean, they've only given up 183 points this year, which is not the worst, but it's not the best either. The Bengals are in second place at 4-3. and three. A winning percentage of 571. They've allowed 132 points this year, and they've scored 173. They're 2-1-1 at home and 2-2 two two on the road. They've won two in a row. They're, they're doing pretty well. The Browns are in third place at 2-1-5. They've scored 168 points this year. And allowing 186. No, they're not consistent this year whatsoever. They suck. I can't even believe it. And rounding it out in the last place, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers also at two and five. But they've been less they've been they've been less consistent this year. 286 winning percentage, 107 points scored. 162 points allowed, 1-2 at home, 1-3 on the road, and they've lost one. And they have a losing streak of one. Get this, the Browns have a losing streak of four, which is pretty bad, if you ask me. Moving on to the AFC South, the Titans are 4-2, leading the division shockingly. They've scored 115 points this year, allowing 128. After they started the season 0-2, I personally counted them out of the playoff race. But they've surprised me this year. They're a good team. They've won four in a row. They're 2-1-1 at home, 2-1-1 on the road. Oh, boy. Here we go. The Colts. The Colts are 3-3-1. Three, three they're exactly at 500. They're 2-1 and one at home, 1-2 one and two on the road. They've lost one. They've tied against the Texans on the road, which is not anything to be proud of. When you tie the worst team in the league this year, that's pretty pathetic. Now, their kicker was the main reason they lost that game because that was a chip shot field goal in Week 1. He should have easily made that, but 
You know the Colts, they just love to choke it away. Moving on to third place in the AFC South, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 2-5. and five. How were they in third place at 2-5? and five? They've scored 155 points this year, only giving up 137, but they've lost four in a row after starting the year 2-1. and one. Once again, Jaguars fans, it's going to be a long year. And finally, in last place, it's no surprise here, the Houston Texans. They're 1-4-1, one, and, one, and like I said, their one tie was against the Colts at home. They have a winning percentage of 250 this year. 106 points scored, 137 points given up, which is just about the same as the Jaguars. They're 0-1 at home, 1-3 on the road, and they've lost one. They've lost one in a row, so that's pretty bad. Moving on to the NFC, or as I like to call it, the National Football Conference. Let's talk about the NFC East for a second. Holy moly. The NFC East is actually somewhat competitive this year. It actually would not shock me if all of the teams in that division made the playoffs. So let's go through them team by team. First place, Eagles, 6-0, no surprise there. They're undefeated. They're the only undefeated team in the NFL. They've scored 161 points, and they've only allowed 105, which, that's pretty impressive. The New York Giants are 6-1? What? That's impossible. I expected the Giants to do horrible this year. But they proved me wrong. Their defense is actually doing fairly well. I mean, they're giving up. They've given up 130 points this year, which is not something to be proud of. But one thing to be proud of is how many points they've scored this year. 150. They're 3-0 and on the road, 3-1 and at home, and they've won four in a row. So between those two teams, that's 12 wins and only one loss. Moving on to third place, the Dallas Cowboys at 5-2. That makes 17 wins and three losses so far in the NFC East for three teams. They've scored 134 points, only giving up 104. They're 3-1 and one at home. 2-1 and one on the road. And in last place, but moving up the standings, is the Washington Commanders. They're 3-4, and four, so that officially makes, get this, 20 wins in the NFC East. They have a winning percentage of 429. They're 2-2 two two on the road. They're two and two at home, one and two on the road. Now they've allowed quite a few bit of points this year, 156. That's nothing to be proud of. But 125 points scored is not something to be mad about either. It's hard to score in today's NFL, to be honest. Moving on to the NFC West. The Seahawks are in first place at four and three. They've won two in a row. Now their offense has been somewhat consistent this year. They've scored 183 points. And they've given up 186, which is not that good, but it's not the worst. The Rams are 3-3 three three at 500. I did not expect the Rams to be 3-3 three three 
Heck, I didn't even expect the Seahawks to do anything this year. It just goes to show you how crazy the NFL is. Like I said, third place in the NFC West, we have the 49ers at 3-4. and four. Oh. Why? How are you 3-4? and four? You have the supposed number one defense, Traverius Ward, Nick Bosa, Excuse me, Joey Bosa. You're just terrible, all right? And finally, in the last place in the NFC West is the Arizona Cardinals. No surprise there. Kyler Murray's probably on his gaming console right now playing Call of Duty. Not watching film. They're three and four this year. They're one and three at home, two and one on the road. They've given up 176 points. Now that's not Kyler's fault, of course, but when the offense only scores 156 points through through seven games so far this season, that's pathetic. Two more divisions left. Let's do the NFC North first. The Vikings are leading the division at 5-1. I did not expect them to win five games this season, but they proved me wrong. The Packers at 3-4 in second place. The Bears in third place at 3-4 also. And here's the... Not a surprise whatsoever to anybody. The Lions are in last place at 1-5. and five. Boo. I would honestly hate to be a Lions fan right now. Honestly. Heck, I'd hate to be a Detroit fan. Moving on to the NFC South. The Falcons are 3-4, and four, leading the division. Holy moly, they're leading the division. Wow. This just goes to show you how washed up Tom Brady is because he is in second place at 3 and 5. Ouch. You're supposed to be the number 1 defense with Shaq Barrett who I just learned Torres He tore his Achilles last night and he's going to miss the rest of the season which Sucks because he's the he's the best defensive player on that team. Third place, we have the Carolina Panthers at two and five. Two and five without Christian McCaffrey is not that bad. I know that last week they were out with, they were without CMC for the first time and they got a win against the Bucks, which is pretty good, I'd say. And finally, rounding out the standings, the 2-5 New Orleans Saints. They're 1-3 at home, 1-2 on the road, lost two in a row, and they've given up 200 points this season. Let's go back to Tom Brady for a second because we got some big, big, big news today. Tom Brady is officially divorced from his wife after... Quite a long time of marriage, which, I mean, I don't really feel bad for the guy. Because last week he said, oh, well, I'm not going to retire anytime soon. Retirement is not in my future. Well, after the way you played this week, you should consider retirement. Because you're playing horrible this season. And when you play 20 seasons in the, in the NFL, that's quite a long time, honestly, but it's his decision. All right, guys, that just about wraps up week number... That just wraps up episode number eight of Taking the Snap. This has been me. This has been Taking the Snap with me, your host, Colin Sumler. I'll be on the air next Friday starting at noon to talk about week eight. Excuse me. Talk about week nine of the NFL. And I'm also going to recap week eight. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. 
Have a great weekend, and as always, go Chiefs!